0: So, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Hello, and welcome to the Fire in the Belly show. Today, we have myself, Mighty Pete, and we have the Troy Ismere. Good
1: morning to you. Good morning, Pete. How are you today? Absolutely awesome, (laughs) Troy, and how's yourself? Welcome to the show. Uh, It's great to be here. I'm doing awesome. I'm fired
0: up to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you're you're, listening. You're you're an old hand at this. You have a, a podcast yourself. So, g- first of all, give us an introduction to your podcast.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, my podcast is called Barbells and Brothers. It's uh, focused on men and helping men to take a chance on ourselves so we can live life fully alive and so just all kinds of guests it's got definitely a spiritual focus but we have all kinds of uh, different guests on there sometimes i i share my heart uh, just with talking on my latest podcast uh, about simone biles and what she's going through and how i could relate to her and it's a big topic of conversation and uh, we talked about centering prayer a couple weeks ago with a guest and uh, just also redefining what it means to be a man in this day and age. So just a, just a really wide variety of topics. And uh, so for me this morning, to be on the other side of the podcast is interesting. i definitely a little out of my comfort zone because I'm normally the guy asking questions, but a lot of my work is helping men to really get out of our comfort zones because we can just settle into that life of complacency. So that's why taking a chance on herself. Is really important. And I'm sure after I do this interview, it'll be just like, wow, that's amazing. I'm glad I did it. And the adrenaline is flowing. I, I quit equate it to like taking that first hit in football. Mm. Uh, like you're so nervous, and then as soon as you ask the first question, it's like you just get into that flow. So that flow state is really cool.
0: Is it is that a natural thing for you to do to get out of your comfort zone to push yourself and, and just to see what's possible. Is that, does that something come naturally for you?
1: I think it's, it's something that I have to be intentional about. I think it's, it's easy just to go to the, you know, the day-to-day life and you just kind of get caught in that routine. So I'm really intentional. I, I call it the, the big hairy audacious goal. You know, that's, uh, uh, You know, of course, I'm going to blank on the guy that named that, but I'm not going to take credit for it. But just having these uh, goals that get us out of the comfort zone. So, for example, uh, on Friday, me and a couple other guys that are part of my Barbells and Brothers community, we climbed a 14er. Uh, So it's a it's a mountain that's over 14000 feet here in Colorado is where I live. And it was out of my comfort zone. Uh, It was challenging. It took us seven hours to climb. 7 miles with 3500 elevation gain 3500 feet and weird easy going up it it just tore me up coming down just because of so many rocks and boulders and I got a bad knee and my hip's not the best from some old football injuries so stuff like that and then I was supposed to do a gravel race on Saturday and the, The weather forecast was horrible. My body felt horrible the next day. And I bit off a little bit more than I could chew. And I also, with age comes wisdom, I chose not to do the gravel race. So it's pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone, but not being stupid about it. And I'm learning because a lot of times I've been stupid about it.
0: Hmm. Well, it's knowing your limits is that the right thing. I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah,
1: it's finding the balance because you know we talk about pushing our limits, right? So Simone Biles, right, pushing the limits in gymnastics. Also, knowing that mentally and physically she wasn't where she needed to be, and having the courage to listen to your body and on the world stage. You know, I listened to my body in my own little world. That I mean, I shared it with a few people. But it takes a lot of courage to kind of share your story. Hey, I'm not feeling it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be true to who I am on the inside, and most of us don't. We are trying to prove ourselves and uh, perform for other people's approval, and that's one thing I've had to learn the hard way.
0: Mm. No, that's makes sense. Tell us. So give us. A, give us a proper introduction. So your name is Troy. You're from Colorado.
1: State uh, actually, yeah. If you uh, so, I've moved a little bit. So uh, Troy Izmir is my name, and so I live in Boulder, Colorado, currently. And I'll share a little bit more of what I have in the works in the real near future around that. But actually, I grew up in Bismarck, North Dakota, <laughs> probably one of the coldest places in in the world. And uh, yeah, I actually went to University of North Dakota in Grand Forks, which is like seventy five miles south of the Canadian border, and so walking to school backwards because it's so cold out at seventy below zero. So, yeah, I lived uh, in Bismarck, North Dakota, for about twenty-three years, and then I moved to the University of Utah. Went, I uh, moved to Utah. Went to the University of Utah. Went to graduate school there, and then went to Minneapolis, Minnesota, for about four years as a personal trainer. And then moved to Orlando, Florida to start up a personal training business within a health club. So I was there for 20 years and then uh, to Colorado for the last four years. And I'm about to go on an adventure uh, in uh, about a little over 30 days.
0: Wow. So you got (laughs) the hell out of the cold anyway. That was for sure.
1: (laughs) I discovered there's other places that are warmer than North Dakota. My parents never told me that. They just said, hey, it's cold everywhere, and finally figured it out. I kind of took a couple places that were still pretty cold. I mean, Minnesota definitely is cold and gray, but beautiful. Um, I love Minnesota. But Orlando, Florida definitely was the opposite end of the spectrum of, of warmth and, you know, the ocean and, you know there's nothing better than the sunrise and the sunset over the ocean and then just uh, always have loved colorado love the outdoors love adventure love to ride bike love to play golf in the mountains uh, love to hike and um, just was calling my name to come out here and uh, I love it out here um, although I'm about ready to uh, go digital nomad so it, When I first started this kind of journey, and I can share more about that, is one of my dreams was to be able to work anywhere in the world. And uh, as so many of us have gone digital uh, since the pandemic and looking at crisis as opportunity, I've gone digital. And now um, I'm going to be traveling domestically for now, just because it's easier. Um, Just explore different places that I've never been and just learn more about myself and eventually end up in Florida, so be uh, on the beach. My son lives there, so my daughter lives in Colorado, and my son lives in Florida, and I want the best of all worlds, and I believe that we can have it. I believe we can create that that life, and that's, that's my work. That's the work that I'm doing personally, and that's the work that I help men do. Tell me this. What, what does Fire in the Belly mean to you? Yeah. Yeah, I thought about that. It's just having this clarity of purpose. It's waking up every single morning and knowing what my purpose is, and for many years, I struggled with that, so therefore, I didn't have any fire in the belly. I did around being a dad. I love being a dad, uh, which was great, but that's being that's kind of dependent on somebody else, like my kids, right? And you know it's easy to put pressure on our kids if we live through them. so you know over time, it's evolved it's knowing that I'm here to help other men and also to do my own inner work. So fire in the belly is learning about me and who I am and how God created me. And that's exciting. You know, we we kind of over time, we get lost in who we are. You know, maybe as a man, we get emasculated and the world beats us down. And our energy, my energy was horrible. (laughs) You know, I just didn't have good energy. And now as I discover who I am, as I do some healing work, as I step into my purpose, like my energy is through the roof, like this fire in the belly, just like it consumes you. And it's like, I just want to share this because this feeling is so amazing. And I've been on the flip side. You know, I call it quiet desperation or I call it smoldering discontent which I think most men live in that place, and this fire in this belly, which I call divine inspiration, it's the same thing for, it's just, I know when I wake up in the morning, what I'm here to do, what I'm here to bring, and it's been a journey. It's been a long, up and down, arduous journey, and it, we're never there. It's always growing, it's always expanding, it's always learning, it's always stepping more into who we are created to be. It's overcoming that ego self and stepping into divine soul. And, you know, we are, I believe, in my personal opinion, you know, we're created as spiritual beings. And that's kind of evolved with me over time. So, fire in the belly is clarity of purpose, knowing who we are. And just serving other people.
0: Wow, that's do you know I'm 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 really sort of sitting here reflecting on how insightful that is, you know. And I think Mm. even as you start off, you're talking about you know that that sort of not projecting your happiness or your contentment through others. So no, 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 it's got to start here. It's not through the kids, you know. Yeah, okay, we all want the best for our kids, right? But they've got to do them, and I've got to do me, right? You know, it's got to be separate.
1: Yeah, it's, it's easy to get lost in codependency, right? That's been part of my story is this codependency of I had to be in a relationship to, to be happy or um, things needed to work out a certain way for me to be happy. But just getting caught up in other people's stuff, like I needed a, a beautiful woman on my arm for me to feel good about myself and that's you know been a story of my life for for many years and and finally being able to overcome that um that need it's still a want i still want to be in a beautiful relationship that's been part of my story um but i've learned to be happy on my own and not be dependent on anybody else and i think that's one of our biggest battles in the world is this codependency and when we find joy on the inside and we find it that we're happy no matter what, and yeah, I live in one of the most beautiful states in the world. I believe in Colorado, and I was as I was on my walk the other day with my dog Oakley, and she's behaving so far. Uh, <laughs> I just was like pinching myself. Like there was beautiful mountains, uh, you know, just out in the forefront. I had the Boulder Reservoir uh, over to the side. There was hot air balloons in in the near distance, and I'm like wow, this is amazing. I'm just so lucky and grateful to be able to live here. And then I went in my mind, well, what if it was all taken away? What if I had to go live somewhere where I don't have all this? Would I have the same joy inside? Because that joy was dependent on my environment outside of me. Yes, I was grateful for that moment, But I really just like it just like kind of hit me over the head like it shouldn't matter where we live. Like it shouldn't matter because joy is on the inside and no matter what our circumstances are. And that's easier said than done. But finding that joy on the inside is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's been a lifetime journey for me. And it's still a work in progress, as it always will be, but it's um, finding that. And it's, again, I think that's fire in the belly. It's uh, finding true joy on the inside, no matter what anybody says about us. You know, if people hate the podcast and they don't like me, I'm learning to let that go because I've been so dependent on other people's opinion of me, like it would be so up and down. Oh, You, you know, you don't like the way I said something. I would be offended. And quite honestly, if I'm not speaking my truth and somebody doesn't like what I say, then I'm just, I'm just being a nice guy. And uh, that's, that's how I showed up a lot. And it's not very powerful.
0: Where where are you at in in regards to liking yourself and loving yourself?
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's, that's great. I I mean, I, I'm a pretty introspective person. uh, So I reflect a lot. I can honestly say this is the happiest I've ever been in my life. And, uh, it feel again, it feels amazing. Like, and how I describe it is my energy is through the roof. Like, uh, and, and I kind of know if I'm not, you know, happy is my energy just tanks, you know, so many people suffer from de- depression and, and, you know, low energy. And I think I've probably had, I don't know if I would call it depression, I would call it low level sadness. Um, so to be able to get to the point in my life where I'm like, I'm the happiest I've ever been. Um, you know, i'm I'm not going on dating sites. Uh, I've taken a break from that. This is I, I'm divorced, so I've been divorced for about eleven years, so that's part of my story, and I'm happy to talk about that. but so um, I've been on way too many dating sites. and I'm not knocking dating sites. Uh, I think there's a, a place for them. but eight months now that I've just like I'm just gonna work on me, which I wish I would have done. Um, if I could go back in time, I would have done a lot more work on myself earlier in this process and I was, but still was codependent. Uh, so being able to be happy on my own, to be autonomous and be happy on my own, not needing to be in a relationship to be happy because quite honestly it never made me happy because I wasn't happy on my own. So the joy that I feel just, just to be on this podcast, just to share my heart with you and to um, have my own podcast. And I'm writing a book and I'm, I, I've created a lifestyle that I absolutely love. And it just it works for me and who I am as a person within my personality. So I'm actually living my life in my in my nature I'm doing what makes me happy, and it's, it's really pretty amazing. I'm like, I didn't know this was possible, Pete. Like, I wish somebody would have told me sooner, and that's what, I guess, sharing this message um, to other men, and what's, what's cool is this message seems to resonate with 30-year-old men, kind of 30-ish, and that's when I know I started to seek in my life, like, there's got to be more to life than this. And, uh, you know, here I am 24 years later and, and like, yes, it is. And if, if my story can help one other man kind of, you know, we all need to go through the challenges of life, right? That's part of how we grow. But if I can save a man, you know, from a lot of emotional pain, um, and help them grow, um, from a younger age, I think that's, that's powerful.
0: There's something in there is there, isn't it, you know, where, I don't know why. I mean, that, that sort of expression, it's, it's not quite right, but it's, you know, when the student's ready, the teacher will come. But in, yeah. in your instance, almost like when I'm ready, <laughs> the partner will come or, you know, when yeah. I'm ready that actually the experience or the opportunity for me, mm. physically, spiritually, mentally, whatever will come. But the, the one thing is you got to get ready, right?
1: Yeah. I'd say we have to do our, we have to do the inner work right? If we're not doing the inner work, if we're not taking a look in the mirror, you know, um, and also having somebody uh, reflect back to me, which has been a big part of my story, having a coach um, has been life changing for me. But yeah, I mean, I think, and especially again, my work is geared towards men. So I'm going to speak specifically to men, you know, doing that inner work is not easy, right? And, And we cover up, you know, these, these, we'll call them, you know, things that Aren't working in our life with addictions, whether it's a drug addiction, alcohol addiction, pornography addiction. You know, for me, it was a love and relationship addiction. It was an exercise addiction. You know, these things that are not healthy for us uh, because we don't want to take a look at what's not working in our life. Where are we stuck? And I was stuck in a lot of places. <laughs> and as I moved through those. This whole world opens up, and that's where the joy comes, and then, like, yeah, when the relationship is meant to happen, it's going to happen. But what I was doing, I was forcing things. It's like I was putting myself in a position where I knew that that's not really what I what I wanted like my kids are grown, you know, I don't really want to be in a relationship with somebody that's got you know very young kids, but yet I would do that um, just because and it was unfair, it was unfair to me, it was unfair to her. So I'm learning just to be happy on my own. It's still a, a want, but it's not a need. And I get to be happy on my own. <laughs> it's a really freeing feeling, it's freedom. It's freedom to be me. And like, you know, like I said, if, I, if I'm never in another relationship or married again, can I, can I be happy? And life is too short not to be happy and it's taken me a long time to get to this point and it's continual work every single day. I I show up and I do the inner work and it happens without fail. And I would suggest to anybody who's listening out there, just learn about yourself. Just do a deep dive into who you are. And the more you learn, it just, opens up this whole world and it's just like, oh, that makes sense. That's why I did that. Not to beat yourself up. It's not the pain of past regret. It's about learning about, okay, that's why I made that decision. It's okay. I'm going to learn from that. Even 20 years later, like, oh, okay. If, If I knew then what I know now, right I want to chose that, but I didn't know, but I know now, so I get to choose. I get to choose differently now and I still might choose wrong, but I think it's the right choice at the right time. And I'm learning not to beat myself up, which we do all the time and just like, Oh, okay. I I could have probably done that a little bit better. And uh, I'm going to grow from that instead of just beating the living daylights out of myself.
0: We're pretty good
1: at that, right? Just beating (laughs) ourselves
0: up and uh, our own little voices in our head.
1: We are very good at beating ourselves up. Um, I beat myself up physically and emotionally. Um, I had an exercise addiction. So, my drug um, was to go in the gym and literally beat myself up. And I felt good for two hours. It was literally a drug, I had to have it. It was my fix. So, I would go in the gym, you know, and just going through a divorce or whatever, another relationship didn't work out. And the thing is, I got praise for it because it made me look (laughs) amazing. You know, I had this just amazing physique. uh, And I just, I would literally get out of there. Once my drug was over with my time in the gym, I just kind of, it just, I hit a low. I, I just like, I hit a low. It's just like, that was the highlight of my day. And then I would have every tendon, you know, tendonitis, whether it was my elbows, whether it would be um my shoulders my knee um be so sore just be so hard to to work and you know finally overcoming that exercise addiction so that was that was one way how i beat myself up and then yeah of course emotionally you know you, you know you idiot why haven't you learned this by now come on you know you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again why haven't you figured this out by now you know, just, you know, figure it out and move on. And it's just, it's not, it's not that simple. And that's a lot of my work is, is really helping men to overcome that harsh inner critic. And, you know, I come from a spiritual Christian um, perspective. And again, I'm open to all spirituality and I don't think, you know, I have to, my way is the right way. I'm open and, um, but helping men to see themselves the way God sees them. And, you know, I, turned my life over to, you know, I started to follow Jesus again about 10 years ago, but it's one thing to know it in our head. It's another thing to know it in our heart. And no matter where you're coming from spiritually, it's just like, how do we talk to ourselves? Like I've struggled with feeling unworthy my whole life. And I just, I'm worthy. I am worthy. I'm worthy of being loved. um, And just speaking that to myself all the time. And it's it's just changes our brain pattern. Um and that's really a struggle, I think, for all people. But I think men really struggle with that harsh inner critic.
0: Well, if you don't mind me asking, where where did that worthiness sort of seed start for you? Do you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good question. And that's a lot of soul searching that I've done. And you know, just to you know, I'll share, I'll share a little bit around that and um And we kind of talked before we got on the show, it's like, you know, part of my work is courageous vulnerability is, you know, being open about my life and then, but also being balanced about, you know, sharing and how that impacts other people. So I just want to be careful with that, but I'll share a little bit about my upbringing and, you know, that as I did my, my best with my kids, and I I know you mentioned you have kids, you know. You know, I messed up a lot as a parent, right? You know, we we do our best, and, you know, um, as my parents did as well. And, you know, my dad passed away about 14 years ago. My mom is still uh, with us. Uh, But, you know, I was raised a pastor's kid, Uh, call it a PK, (laughs) if you're familiar with that term. And, you know, I learned from an early age that my life was about how do I look? You know, do I present myself in a certain way? Do we present ourselves in a certain way? Um, How do I perform? Um, You know, perfectionist. So grow up uh, very much like, you know, being perfectionistic and performance based. So those were the ways that I learned how to receive love. And if I didn't do all those things, um, you know, I, I, I didn't feel the love, you know? So there wasn't that emotional connection. I was very physically taken care of, but uh, the emotional connection. And so somehow I got this message that, you know, I, I wasn't enough for just who I was as a, as a person deep inside. So I learned and we learn over time, we get really smart, like, okay, I receive love by if I look a certain way, if I perform, um, and, uh, If I'm, you know, if if I'm perfect, that's how I receive love. And I was, you know, I was a great student. I was a great athlete. There was, there was something missing. And especially, I I think back to a time when I was going through puberty. For me, just a really difficult, difficult time. Like, you know, going through these body chemistry changes, and I didn't have anybody to talk to. I, I didn't feel safe sharing this with my parents. And so I learned to. Stuff it like all this emotion that I needed to come come out and share. Like I had acne so bad, I had to go on Accutane. If you're familiar with that, and so you know, the concern was the 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 physical scars, right? Um, what was happening was the emotional scars inside were so deep, but I, I didn't have anybody to share it with. I, I had body odor, like ninth, 10th grade. I tried like 20, 30 different deodorants. and I, No matter what I did, I, you know, I smelled and it was embarrassing. So I kept my arms down and I just made myself really small. I didn't have anybody to, to share that with. I didn't feel comfortable. I, I had to figure stuff out on my own. And I just think over time, I just, it just accumulated. So then there was the rebellion. And then there was the you know the, the overconsumption of alcohol. There was binge drinking, there was inner rage that turned into punching walls. You know I didn't punch people. It was all turned to turn to me. It was the inner rage. Um, I mean, I played football, thankfully, (laughs) probably (laughs) was helpful. It's a good uh, a good sport to play if you have a lot of inner rage and I could put the helmet on. So that was a part of my time as a as a teenager where I could be normal, where I could just put the football helmet on. I didn't have acne during, you know, I just like covered it up. And I could get all this inner rage out and just beat the living daylights out of the guy across me. That's what we're supposed to do. And of course, we got praised for it, right? So again, all these things, uh, physique, praised for football player, athlete, got praised for it's not who Troy is on the inside. We all just want to be, we all just want to be known, seen, and heard, no matter who we are. We want somebody to listen to us. Just like, you know, just having you ask me these questions, like, you know, it's cool. and We all just want to share a story. You know, I'm an introvert, so I'm great at asking questions. Like that's why I'm a really good podcast host. I don't know if you're an introvert or an extrovert. You can reveal that or not, but typically introverts just want to ask good questions and and want to listen. We're really good, you know, empathic and compassionate. We don't really love to share our story. Um, So this is, different for me. I do love to share my story, but typically I'm on the other end. But, you know, we all want to be seen, known, and heard. And, you know, just doing this podcast, I already feel seen, known, and heard. And that's what I want in my life, is I want just every part of me, the, the shadow side, the light side, and just to love me for who I am. And I think that's ultimately, that's what we all want.
0: As you talk about that, and I I suppose the reflection—I think a lot of men are going to get that—is that reflection of who you were as a kid, and then you massively overcompensate, you know, in (laughs) in certain areas, you know, uh, and because you can, you know, Mm -hmm. physically, financially, whatever, because suddenly you have the opportunity to do so, so you do. But then you sort of almost you bounce back a bit until you find your right level that's what I'm getting here. Is that, is that a fair, is that a a fair, um, summary as such?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it's, you know, you try all these other things and hopefully you come to a point where you're like, you know, this isn't working. (laughs) I'm actually not very happy. Right. And it's like, if we're not happy in our life, what is the point? We're missing the point. We are, we're supposed to be joyful. We're supposed to be abundant. We're supposed to feel worthy in this lifetime. And yeah, we accumulate all that. And it's like, you know, and I, I have, um, you know, I have been in some, some wonderful relationships that they just haven't worked out and it hasn't truly made me happy. And again, it's the the life lesson is that we have to be happy on our own and... You know, it's again. It comes from the inside, and if we're not if we're not happy on the inside, if we're not happy on our own, we're never going to be happy. And you try all these different things. Like everybody's got their their thing that they're trying to find that's going to make them happy. Whether it's pursuing finances, uh, you know, whether it's uh, uh, cars, uh, materialism. Um, all those things. And yes, there's a short period of time where it does fill a hole. It does make us happy. Um, But then you realize that that kind of wears off and then you bring it back. And then eventually, hopefully, um, you just you just like, okay, I'm done. I'm done searching for things outside of myself. I'm going to find joy on the inside. Some some men never get there. And some men go to their deathbed um, in quiet desperation, um, and that's where I hope to help men, no matter what age they are. It's never too late. And I, I get caught up now. Oh, you're 54, which you know I know in the big picture it's not that old. And I I de-age myself by a decade, by the way. I am not talking about that theory, so I'm actually only 44. But anyways, yeah, I, I think it's you just try all these things, and I you know there's I think there's a point. Hopefully you come. Into your life, like okay, and we—I call it—you know—you can call it surrender, um, you know—you can call it letting go. You can call it, uh, you know, give, you know, giving your life over to God and surrendering. And you know, which I thought I did, but when you're still clinging and forcing and trying to make things happen, you don't really surrender. But I think the ultimate place to be is like, I'm good, I'm good, no matter what. I'm happy. I don't need more money. I don't need more stuff. I'm actually in the process. of process of selling uh, a bunch of stuff and uh, going on a road trip so it's not about the stuff it's about the experiences and it's about who we are it's about relationships it's about uh, in my world it's about loving god about loving others and loving ourselves which is i think a very forgotten component We got to love ourselves unconditionally. And that's a big part of it. Unconditionally, no matter what you've done in the past and no matter what you're going to do in the future, (laughs) it's loving ourselves unconditionally. And when we get to that place, it's a beautiful, beautiful place to be.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's so true, right? Because that gap between who you are and who you truly are. Um, and sometimes the gap also what you think you are what other people think you are it's like you know this is the the four shades or the four faces of me it's like yeah Uh, but there's only one really right
1: well yeah i mean and, and you know that's the thing we try to fit into this mold right of who we think we're supposed to be and who we think we are so like an example would be you know i shared with you i'm an introvert and Again, the more I learn about myself, so I've learned, like, over the last year or two, I've just done this deep dive into who I am. So, you know, Myers-Briggs, I'll just put it out there if people are familiar. If not, they want to do a little research. I would suggest everybody go figure out what their Myers-Briggs is. Go online. So I'm an INFJ. So... Introvert, uh, intuitive, kind of feeling, and I like I like structure. Like, I do like structure, and to know that about myself is really important. And also knowing that it's only about 0.5 to 1 percent of the population are an INFJ, and especially an INFJ male. Uh, so I've always kind of felt like a square peg in, the, in a round hole. That's kind of how I describe my life. I've been trying to be somebody that I'm not. I've been living outside of my true nature. And on top of that, I learned recently that uh, there's something called a highly sensitive person, which is actually a genetic trait that actually affects our nervous system. So the way we process uh, some neurochemical um, hormones, our nervous system actually gets highly stimulated. Like say if I'm, I'm in a big room and there's multiple conversations going on, I can just feel this, this angst coming up from the bottom of my toes up into my head. And I, I can, I can deal with it for a while, but then it just gets to the point where I have to get out of that situation. And I didn't know that about myself. I thought there was something wrong with me. And it's about 25% of the population have this. And it's interesting, fascinating research done by Elaine Aaron that, you know, I just kind of stumbled across. And it's like, there's a, there's a highly sensitive test that you take. I think there's 27 variables that uh, you kind of like, you know, you check off and I have 25 out of the 27, you know, for, for example, like I can't stand violent movies, you know, and as a dude, That's kind of weird, you know, and and like, I'd rather watch, you know, uh, I don't want to stereotype, but a chick flick. I want something that moves me in my heart and my soul and, you know, just makes me feel good. And that's what I gravitate towards versus, uh, you know, a violent movie. And I'm like, oh, I remember watching this movie not that long ago. And there was a scene where this lady just she walked in front of a bus purposely to commit suicide. I couldn't get that image out of my head for like a week. I kept thinking about, I wake up in the middle of the night. So I would just take on these emotions. So that makes me not better, but very different as as a man. And, And I've suppressed that for many years. And I see other men suppressing that, that tender side and feeling ashamed of that. And I'm here to tell men, that we need your tender side yes we we need your strength so the beautiful combination is tender strength is that ability to be strong to stay in our power to be but to be tender to share our emotions to share our heart and not to stuff it anymore and not to pretend that we're somebody that we're not because i've suffered for many years trying to be somebody that i'm not um trying to fit in trying to be light And I was in a career for 17 years where I wasn't who I was. I figured it out. I got good at it. But I would say be who you are and not apologize for showing up as who you are. And if people don't understand you, I've tried to get people to understand me my whole life. Um, And it's okay if they don't. And in fact, it's maybe it's maybe good, because if I if I'm trying to a morph into what other people want me to be then i'm not being true to who i am and then i'm going to be miserable which then they're done that and i'm done <laughs> i'm done
0: are you who you're supposed to be today do you think
1: i am showing up more uh as who i am uh ever and you know just <clears throat> part of part of this journey, you know, that I'm, I'm kind of recognizing how it's showing up in my life. And yeah, of course, I was nervous to do this interview. I mean, I should be. That's good. I'm sharing my story. Um, right. And then I also reach out to you. Right. I, I typically I'm the interviewer. I, I have my own podcast. It's a little safer on the other side because I got control of the interview. Right. I know what I'm going to ask and I'm not pouring my heart out. Um, but I'm like, OK, I'm going to start to um, and you know, reach out to other guests because I have, or other hosts because I have a, a great story to tell. And believing in myself, um, I did a podcast interview about a month or so ago, and the the guest uh, Christian Delawarta um, was interviewed by Jack Canfield, and you know, the, you know guy that's written hundreds of, of books. And I'm like, who am I? Who am I to be doing this interview after Jack Canfield? And then I'm, you know, I just had this conversation with myself, like, no, I'm equal to Jack Canfield. Um, he's not better than me. Um, we're all equal here. We all have something to bring. Uh, you know, the guest was endorsed by Gloria Stefan. I'm not being, I'm not endorsed by Gloria Stefan. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Pete. I'm not. But maybe someday I will be. I don't know, but. Um, Yes, to answer your question, and who knows, a year from now, I'm maybe even more uh, of who I am, because I think we're always growing, we're always learning, we're always, we should be always evolving. But I can honestly say, here right now in front of you, I am more my authentic self than I've ever been. I'm not perfect. Um, I'm still learning. And again, we may do an interview in a year, and I might look back, and like, jeez, man, I've grown so much, like who was that guy? But right now in front of you today, I can say, yes, I'm more true to myself than I've ever been showing up as who I am, knowing that I'm worthy and that I'm enough and not worrying about what anybody thinks of, of me. And i must, you know, as part of that, the mind starts to wander. Like, okay, what if what if the podcast interview is is terrible, and I, I'm never going to get another podcast interview again, right? That's 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 two ends of the extreme, right? And like, no, this podcast doesn't define me, it doesn't define me. If if you know, you just like, eh, it's not that great of an interview. I'm not going to even um, share it with my, you know, with my people. It's okay it's okay. I'm doing my best. I'm showing up, giving you everything that I, that I have. And that's all that I can do. And, uh, you know, just trusting the process. And it's, again, it's letting go. It's, uh, it's surrendering and just being me and knowing that's, that's enough. And that's a, that's a really, that's a powerful place to come from. That's, that's fire in the belly. That's, that's exciting. That's passion. That's, uh, having fun, Nobody told me we get to have fun in this life. <laughs> I figured figure that out.
0: <laughs> have you ever got to be this before, if that makes sense? I mean, does, did many Troy get to be yeah. this connected?
1: Um, I think little spurts of that were coming out. I think, you know, when I'm, when I'm out in nature, I'm a cyclist. I love to ride my bike. So, you know, that, there, there were little spurts of that happiness, I don't think it was true happiness, though. I still think it was dependent on things outside of me. So I, I think this version of Troy uh, is is really for the first time finding that true happiness. That the younger Troy, um, we'll call it the the ignorant Troy, the hurting Troy, uh, <laughs> uh, whatever names that you want to put on that. Um, you know, I think wounded would be a good place to to and I didn't understand for many, many years why I've made the choices that I did. And as I do my healing work, um, I'm understanding myself. And I think most importantly on this journey um, is forgiving myself for the choices that I made. and I made them based on um, not being whole and then also forgiving other people that have hurt me, whether they whether they know it or not. Um, just forgiving them. And I think until we we step into our forgiveness, um, we're going to always struggle with showing up as ourselves. And that's a that's a powerful message. And I feel that emotion when I share that because um, so many people live in shame, unforgiveness, both of themselves and for others. And I think moving through that in healing is a lot of the work that we have to do. And it's it's uncomfortable. But until we do that, we're going to still constantly struggle with shame um, guilt. And I see, I see so much of that in men's lives. Um, you know, whether they're Christian or not Christian, that they can, we condemn ourselves and that's not, that's not how it should be. We make mistakes and we learn and we grow no matter who we are, no matter what we've done. And, uh, you know, if nobody else, you know, if you don't get anything else out of this podcast, come from a place of forgiveness. Um, forgiving yourself and forgiving others. And it's, I don't know what you walk through and it's easy for me to say. And I don't know what you've walked through and what you've done or how you've been hurt. And people have been through horrible, horrible things in their life. And it just, it pains me. But I, I want people to be happy. I want people to find the joy because life is really, really short. I mean, it's already, <laughs> it's already almost September, right? Like it's, you know, it's just like, Life is a blink of an eye and life is too short to be unhappy. Life is too short to live in quiet desperation.
0: Just reflect on that forgiveness piece for us, if you would, yeah. because I mean, that's going to be a bit of a foreign concept for some people, sure. you know, especially if someone's done something against, against you, you're like, well, I forgive you. It's like, well, some may say that's not your place to forgive per se, or vice versa, I suppose. I mean, it, it almost seems counterintuitive, right? you know you sort of go well why would i forgive them in fact i'm, I'm going to hang on here till like i get an apology right but yeah. you go the other way Talk yeah, and of
1: forgiveness. yeah and you know forgiveness is for us and it's really not for the other person it's for us to be able to move on with our life right we've all been you know and maybe that's that's you know bitter bitterness and resentment um show up in our lives when we come from a place of unforgiveness and i i'll be the first to admit that there's been some resentment in my life i don't I don't know if you know what what's the fine line between being bitter and and resentful you know I can't uh, say what a definition, so I would say more in my life I've had resentment towards uh, certain people, and that's only hurt me it's only hurt me so when I can overcome that resentment through forgiveness, um, it lightens my load right and i I shared you know you that. I didn't know I I get to be happy. And I think part of that not being happy is because I've lived from a place of resentment and also that I've lived from a place of unforgiveness Uh, and unforgiving myself, not forgiving myself, like being so hard on myself. And that's always been my nature. And I remember my parents saying, well, we rarely had to punish you because you were really good at punishing yourself. Right. And that's, you know, that's part of my nature. And I like, like, I'm so have in the past and I'm moving through this been so self-critical, like when anybody puts extra criticism on me, it's almost like it puts me over the edge and I like get so defensive and I push back and I like, uh, you know, I dig my feet in like, uh, and then I fight back, you know? Um, So just learning to not be so hard on myself, to forgive myself and then forgive others, knowing that they're doing the best that they can in this world that is not an easy world to navigate right you look at our world right now and the pandemic and the fear is just like it's just like mind-blowing the, the you know you hop on the news for five minutes and it's like whoa <laughs> it's it's crazy you know but uh yeah again i going back to that forgiveness piece it's it's about us doing the healing and it is for, it is ultimately for us. And again, I don't know what's happened to 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 the you as a listener. And I've heard some really horrible, horrible things. Like, man, I I don't know how you've navigated through this, right? I don't know this. I don't know. You know, just um, you know, the sexual abuse that's rampant, the physical abuse, um, all these things that are just tragedies. Uh, uh, you know, it's just, it's crazy. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, everybody's got their story. Uh, you know, and I know what my story is. I know uh, forgiveness has been a big part of it and learning how to uh, accept me for who I am and where I'm at in my life and accept others for where they're at in their life. And um, that's been a big part of my healing. And I think that's a part of why I've been so joyful. Um, but it's it's a process for sure.
0: Yeah, it's it is. It's a sort of. I mean, that reference back to the Bible in some ways is know thyself, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it sounds so simple, and you know what? In theory, it is simple, right? You know, I I, I call myself a spiritual warrior. That's kind of my branding as a spiritual warrior, and I, I, you know, how I define that is is that somebody, a man in in my case, uh, who's willing to go on an introspective journey. For a transcendent cause greater than ourselves. So the first part of that is introspective journey, looking at ourselves, all of ourselves, the the shadow side, the good side, um, and then you know what is a transcendent cause? What is our purpose that is greater than ourselves? It's not going on an inner journey just to to go on an inner journey. It's not for just selfish reasons. It's truly to bring ourselves to the world to serve others. And they have to go hand in hand. right? If we're just uh, meditating 24 hours a day and we're not out there um, making a difference, we're missing the point. And the flip side, if we're just out there all the time, serving, giving of ourselves, going, 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 we get burnt out and we don't nurture our inner selves. So it's finding that balance of that introspective journey and then going out and serving and my call to service is to is to help men and to make a difference and to show up powerfully in the world knowing who I am and ultimately my job is to model that as a man and not not necessarily through words but to just show up as as best I can modeling the love of Jesus. And uh, I fall down every day. <laughs> and uh, that's part of grace. You can see that behind me. Amazing grace um, is, is kind of what a reminder to myself to give myself grace and to give others grace. And it's a, it's a daily journey every single day. And I don't have it down perfectly, and I never will. Um, but I'm out there um, doing my best. And I think that's that's all we're called to do is mm-hmm. to go out there um, go on that introspective journey and then go out and do our best and, and to serve this world. And we need now more than ever is for men to really step into who we are as leaders. Um, you know, and I think we all have something to bring. I mean, I, you know, we're all have something to bring in the world. You know, men, women, um, you know, we just all have to step into our our power in a very healthy, healthy way.
0: Where, where do you set them I mean, in terms of, you know, labeling yourself if, if that's, I don't think that's maybe not the right word, but I mean, religious versus spiritual.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, I, again, I, I am a, I'm a deep thinker. I, I read a lot. I try to read a book a week. Um, and, and I meditate, I meditate, you know, I try to meditate for an hour a day and listen, you know, more listening now than, um, any, any time in my life, right. Open to receive, you know, and, you know, kind of stepping back a little bit from, From reading as much, you know, use first thing in the morning. I used to, I used to read for an hour, maybe even two hours. Now it's more meditation and writing, just so I get more of these um, downloads. So, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've kind of evolved. You know, I'll share a little bit of my story and then kind of get to that question. So, you know, I'll kind of talk about how I was raised and how this has evolved, and it's just, it's pretty amazing to, to look back at this journey and to see that this is my work, right? And so you know, raised a pastor's kid. Yeah. So, you know, non-negotiable, we go to church at least once a week and during Lent we go twice a week and, uh, raised as a Lutheran and raised as I would guess a conservative evangelical Christian, and you know grateful for that upbringing. You know, in in a sense, because it planted seeds. Uh, so you know, did all the vocation Bible school, went to you know confirmation. You know, my dad, my dad's a pastor, so he's he's he, you know he baptized me, he confirmed me, he handed me my high school diploma, he married me. You know, so you know, that was a big part of my life, and again, you know, grateful for that. And I didn't get it, you know, whether I was just blocked from receiving or I got the message that church was about, again, image, about performance, uh, about the way we looked. So a memory of me is is going up for communion and you know walking in front of everybody and i just felt like the spotlight was on me and again it might very well have been my perception or it's like okay what's troy wearing today and uh how does he look today and you know he might have been hungover. you know uh it's just so that was kind of my my upbringing i didn't really experience god i didn't know who jesus was Like. Weird, right? Um, So as soon as I turn 18, I'm away from the church, like I'm off doing my own thing. No spirituality whatsoever. I may have gone to church once in a while, tried, you know, my mom, did you go to church today? No, did you go to church? No. So, you know, I wanted to make my mom happy. So, did you go to church? Yes, I went to church. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) But there was no inner transformation, right? There was no inner transformation whatsoever. Um, So, you know, fast forward a little bit, get married, have kids, and, you know, 9 11 happened, you know, and, you know, that's not a wake up call right okay i I need to get back in the church i need to get my kids in church they're super young at the time you know they're probably like seven and six and you know my son's like he's super bright. He's like singing along to the words that are up on the screen. I'm like, dude, who are you? You know? And, uh, so we went for a while and it just, it just didn't fit into our lifestyle. Uh, my kids play tennis on the weekends. Uh, my wife at the time, like loved to go to the beach. So, you know, as anything else, you know, it was just like, it would just drifted away. And that's kind of was my story for uh, quite some time until, um, just had that, drop to my knees moment. Uh, so going through a divorce, um, just completely lost of who I am as a man. I uh, was married for 18 years. The last two years were were really, really challenging. Uh, I mean, I, I can honestly say I, I cried myself to sleep every night for, for a couple of years, just lost, hopeless, sad. Um, the thought of losing my family just brought me to my knees, a tra- you know, traditional family, um, you know, from a divorce standpoint, you know, we're still a family, just a non-traditional family. And so I just dropped to my knees and I, I knew I couldn't go through this on my own. I knew that uh, I needed something bigger than me to get me through this divorce. And that's when I just like, okay, God, you know, uh, I've, <laughs> I've never experienced you. I've been, you know, taught, Uh, you know, who God is. And I guess I've kind of seen God as outside of myself for most of my life. Like he's out there checking up on me, making sure I'm, you know, going to church, making sure I'm reading the Bible, make sure, you know, I, you know, I'm a clean cut guy, uh, you know, so that was my image of God. And, you know, so I've been seeking now for kind of the last 10, 11 years and trying to find, you know, back to your original question. And I've kind of slipped I slipped back here into that oh i'm I'm was raised Lutheran and I'm evangelical conservative Lutheran Christian, and I'm finding that yeah i'm I'm not <laughs> you know I'm not that doesn't resonate with me you know i I love it and actually I'm not really going to a church right now um you know, partly you know I kind of got out of it uh, with the pandemic. Uh, I had a beautiful church home in Orlando. And actually that's what uh, helped me understand who, who Jesus was. And it's, I call it a non-churchy church. We, we first met in a, in a movie theater and I'm like, okay, you know, this is right when I was going through my divorce, like, okay, I can do this. It's dark. You know, nobody can see what I look like. And, you know, their, their tagline was no perfect people allowed. I'm like, Hey, I'm very unperfect. <laughs> I'm going to fit right in. And then they, you know, they started playing the music and it was like loud. It was rock and roll. It was just like, and then the pastor comes out. He's got the loudest shirt. He's from Texas, man. And it's like, I'm used to, you know, the pastor coming out, they got the white robe on and, you know, it feels very churchy. They, you know, all official, they got whatever they wear over the, the top, you know, and uh, this, the pastor comes out. You know, he's, he's a Texan, you know, he's a burly guy. He used to play nose tackle and got the loudest shirt on. He's got the cowboy boots. He's got the jeans on and they got the big, you know, the belt buckle on. This guy's a pastor. And then he starts to talk and I'm like, is he he speaking to me? I think, I think he knows my story. And he was talking about people that are going through a divorce. The first time I was there and he goes, I don't know what you are walking through right now, we're actually, you know, the, the sermon was on marriage. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And then he starts to talk about people that are divorced and he goes, I don't know what you're walking through right now. I don't know what your story is, but whatever pain you're feeling right now, whatever your pain. And I was in so much pain. I mean, I was in so much pain at the time. He goes, feel that pain, feel every ounce of that pain and use it to do good. And I can honestly say that has been one of the most impactful things that I've ever heard in my life. And this pastor has become one of my best friends. He became my mentor. I was his uh, personal trainer for a while. So I was his physical mentor. And actually, we talked a lot about spirituality. And he was actually going through a really difficult time with, with, in his life where him and his wife were <clears throat> separated. And... Um, I share that because he shared that with the congregation as well, but um, that really, he helped me understand who Jesus was and that I could actually experience Jesus. So I've gone through, you know, a lot of different readings. I've gone through wisdom school. I've gone, you know, I've read, uh, I, I landed on a Franciscan priest, Richard Rohr. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not. I'm like... the the journey has been crazy. Uh, You know, I'm studying what Buddhism is. And, you know, so I've landed. So to answer your question 10 minutes later, and we can dive more into it if you want. But so I'm a contemplative, which means I'm really introspective. I I reflect. I, I just reflect on things. I read something. So contemplative. I do believe there's value in in Buddhism. Buddha's not my God, but I do believe that there is a a spiritual path to to, understanding suffering, getting out of suffering. And I am a Jesus follower. I, I believe Jesus is the ultimate spiritual warrior. I got a tattoo on this arm that says spiritual warrior. And Jesus is my model as a spiritual warrior. So I try to model my life after him. He's revolutionary. He came to love all people, you know, and I was just reading in you know a book I was reading last night that he loved the outcast, you know, and that's what he was here to model that love. And that's what I'm here I believe as well. and i I am a I am Christian. That is where I'm coming from as as a Christian. so <laughs> so I think it's time for a drink of water for me after that, but it it's been a huge part of my journey. and i and I say you know and I'll kind of you can ask questions after this, but I had to lose my religion to truly find it. And I feel like I'm truly stepping into my true spirituality and it's my spirituality that fits for me and that resonates for me. And again, that may change in the future, but that's where I am. And it's just like, it's opened my heart. It's opened my heart to receive love and then to see other people and to see where they're coming from. I don't, you don't have to believe what I believe. I can still love you. You don't have to, you know, follow the path that I follow. I don't have to be right. You don't have to be wrong. You, you know, and vice versa. And that's how we can change the world. It's so simple, Pete, but yet we're not doing it.
0: That that introspection, it's it's gosh, it's so it's so powerful and, and right, you know, what you were saying there, I, I think what I sort of picked up on for me maybe was the difference between, you know, there's your father, he's baptized you, he's married you, he's done the whole thing. It was all given to you, yeah. but the difference is when you don't necessarily get it, I think it, yeah. there has to be a, a give and a receive, if that makes sense. And sure. Until you're ready to receive it's you're just throwing it against the wall, right? It's, right. <laughs> nothing's going in. You've got to be open
1: yeah yeah i I think that's 100 percent right and i think when i uh dropped down on my knees when i was going through the divorce i and you know that's that's how i believe god gets our attention sometimes through that you know he's always knocking on the door and when are we going to open that door and unfortunately a lot of times it's through it's through suffering and you know and i finally was open to receive and it's been a journey ever since. And I, I think it's like, okay, I think this is who I'm supposed to be. I think this is what the outside world tells me to be. This is what I know. This is what I'm comfortable with. So this is what I'm going to gravitate towards, thinking that that's, that's how I'm supposed to show up in this world. And then you just kind of, again, open Wow, there's there's such a there's such a whole different world that is available to learn about, and it's just like you know the veil is being lifted, and it's like wow that's mind blowing. It's like you know the you know the things that you know that Richard Rohr talks about, and you know just and just like when I, I went to this wisdom school and they were kind of talking about the teaching of Jesus and you know it's 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 Eastern teaching right? It's, it's non-clinging to the way we think our life is supposed to be. <laughs> and the reason why we, we suffer is because we think life is supposed to turn out the way it is. Like, okay, you know, I'm not supposed to be divorced. And if I am divorced, I'm supposed to be remarried right now. So that's the story that I make up in my mind. And that's the cause of suffering. Well, no, you know, um, learning to not cling to that, like life is exactly how it's supposed to be. And then you accept that and then you have joy in your life because, okay, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm here in front of you, um, Pete, fire in the belly podcast, sharing my heart, all these past life experiences. And, you know, I'm a deeply spiritual person. I'm deeply spiritual. And I didn't really know that about myself. (laughs) You know, I was raised to be religious. I was raised to, um, follow rules. I was raised to go to church and here's, here's irony. And I'm not throwing church under the bus because going to church is what, you know, is where I actually found Jesus through a man, pastor Byron Bledsoe that wears the loudest shirts in the world. Um, but he's awesome. He, he helped me find Jesus. Um, but I've not, I've gone, I'm a, I'm a priester, Christmas and Easter. I've gone to church twice, you know, in the last year and, but I'm closer to God than I've ever been. I've, ex, I'm experiencing God on a deeper level than I ever have, you know, out in nature, you know, I'll, I'll be out walking and I'll just like get this download, like, you know, I was struggling writing this book and I, I've been writing it and I was just like forcing it, trying to make it happen. And it it just was shown to me how to write this book. And ever since I've done this, it just it's blowing out of me Um, or I'll be on my bike ride and or climbing a 14 er it's just like, wow, just experiencing God out in nature. And, you know, we are the church. And I think getting to that place where it's not about rules, it's not about regulations. It's just about freedom to experience God to be who we are on a deep, deep level, knowing that God is in here and He's out there, He's everywhere. And that I can talk to God all the time. I can experience God. Like right before I got on this podcast, I'm like, okay, just get out of my own way. <laughs> just get out of my way and just allow, you know, the words just to flow out of me. And, you know, just and it takes the pressure off. And yeah, it's just so much fun to see this evolve in my life. And and who knows again in a year from now. But uh again, it's it's a beautiful path that I think we all get to find our own path because we're all we're all created differently. And I think how God shows up in your life or doesn't show up in your life, you know, like in in my work, you know, I work with I work with atheists, I work with uh, you know, Jewish people, you know, I work with uh Christians and born-again Christians and <laughs> people that are trying to find their spirituality, but I do, I do bring it in. I think it's important. And I just listen and I accept people where they are. And, you know, again, you have to be open. So thumping somebody over the head with the Bible, it doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't work. It didn't work for me. I pushed back. And when somebody does that, um, I push back and I still push back. So thumping people over the head, doesn't work um showing people unconditional love as best we can as humans um is i think the best thing that we can do and i think the best thing we can do is love ourselves and be happy and then show the uh, love to other people
0: Must be a strange question i mean it respectfully but
1: Mm -hmm.
0: were you destined to get divorced
1: (laughs) oh um yeah, that's a really good question. and I'm trying to think of the best way to answer that. Yeah, we got married at a young age, and again, I had no idea who I was. So from that perspective, um, got married for all the wrong reasons, you know, um, which I think a lot of, a lot of people do. And I think if we don't know who we are and there's no spiritual grounding, I think it's really tough. To have a good, healthy marriage. So, was I? Was it? What was it? What was? How did you phrase that?
0: Well, it was a destined, I suppose. Yeah, maybe destined.
1: Yeah, I think it's part of my story. You know, I think if you believe in predestiny, I think yeah, I think uh, yeah, it was a it was a struggle from the beginning. You know, we try to we try to make it work. Um, we just grew further and further apart. And I think as Uh, I started to search more and I started, you know, I stopped drinking, (laughs) you know, I stopped partying like, "Eh, I I don't want to do this anymore. I was right around 30 and we just, we just kept growing further and further apart. And, uh, you know, as I started to seeking out my spiritual side, I started to change. And I think if it's not two people working together to um, heal and to, you know, grow together, it's pretty difficult. So, yeah, I think I think at some point my work will be with men that are going through a divorce or are divorced and how to heal from that in a way that's healthy, where you're not hurting yourself and you're not hurting others, because I've learned a lot. So I think, um, yeah, I think, again, using that pain to do good and i think one of the most painful things is to go through a divorce it's it's the loss of a traditional family i loved being a family you know it's it's funny like my kids were really good tennis players and i remember you know going to this one particular place where they played tennis and we got to know the the, the director there of the tennis tournament. And, you know, we, we were Ken and Barbie, right. You know, I'm, I'm dark complected, all the skin. And, you know, my, my wife is at the time was, you know, beautiful blonde and my kids were the same, you know, salt and pepper. My daughter's all skin and my son blonde hair, blue eyes. And, you know, she's, you know, it's just like, oh, here comes the perfect family. Here comes Ken and Barbie. And, you know, we were just tore up inside. Like I was tore up inside because our, our marriage was so unhealthy and, you know, my kids saw it, I felt it. Um, but yet we, you know, we, we presented as, as, you know, the perfect family and, and we weren't, uh, so just healing from that, healing from being the non-traditional family and, you know, my, my kids are awesome. My kids are my best friends. They they're, they're great. They're, you know, they're doing great in life. They're they're happy. Um and I'm I'm just grateful for them. But yeah, it's a very, very, very difficult experience. And I I feel for anybody that has gone through it, is going through it, and just uh, the emotional pain that is involved with that. And I've had major knee surgery and major hip surgery. And I would say I would take 10 of those um, over one divorce. Uh, maybe more than a, a hundred. <laughs> there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of emotional pain and there's a lot of healing. involved.
0: I mean, do you, do you subscribe to that sort of saying or, or, or sort of view where people say, you know, from your darkest hour comes your brightest moment. Uh, do you think there is a connection?
1: Yeah, I, I think for sure. I mean, I think, um, Going through that has really started my path to radical inner transformation, and and without that, I don't know if I would have gone on that journey. I mean, you know, we get we get maybe complacent, like, oh, you know, my marriage is okay, you know, I have a, I have a good job, um, you know, I'm making good money, and I think we we completely settle. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, what I I tell, you know, people that are, you know, struggling in their marriage, like, the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is not greener. Um, So do whatever you can to save your marriage. Right. And uh, fight for it. Go to counseling. But it does take two people to want to work together. And, you know, one thing I say is like, I I stayed in the marriage for the kids and then I got out for the kids. Because I wanted them to, uh, I wanted to model what a healthy marriage was. So I think out of that darkness, out of that really difficult time, um, light has come out of it, and I think it's it's helped shape who I am as a man, and it's helped me understand the process that that I needed to go through to to step into who I am as a man, and. Being emasculated, um, you know, losing who I was as a man to see where I am now is is part of my journey and starting to learn, you know, what does it mean to be a man in this world, and what does it mean to be a spiritual leader, you know, out of out of that darkness, I'm understanding that, and now if I can help men um, to to take this journey in a way that isn't quite as painful for them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm all for that. And I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see how does that evolve? How does that, how does that open up? And I'm, I'm open to if that's my, my work. And right now I'm just open to see, okay, God, you know, bring me clients or pe- bring me people that I can, that I can help. And it's just like, you know, being shown my work. And again, it's just, every day I'm being shown more and getting more clarity on what that looks like.
0: I think in general, people get you.
1: I'm sorry. What was that question? Do do people get you? Do people get me? Mm. Do people get me? Um, (laughs) I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I think, um, I think I'm different and again, not better, but I think, you know, I think um, I think we, you know, going deep, not not everybody's in a place to go deep. So I think it scares people. Um, I think it scares people, scares people to look in the mirror. And I'm, I'm, I'm a guy like I'm wired to go deep, you know, and not everybody gets that. And I'm I'm wired to, to, really be introspective. I'm wired to read deep stuff, um, and I and I'm I'm wired to ask questions. Like I want to know, I want to know about you. <laughs> and I think people that are attracted to that are want that want to do the work. And a lot of people aren't ready, you know. Um, so from that perspective, um, no, not everybody's going to get that. Not everybody's going to want to read a uh, rich roar. Not everybody's going to want to go to a wisdom school. I went to a silent retreat for three days and no talking for three days. And I was just like, it was one of the best experiences of my life. Are people going to get that? Probably not. Why would you go to a silent retreat? Why would you pay money just to sit there? And, and I'm like, well, I mean, it was amazing, you know, just to slow down and to take a breath and not have your, your phone or your computer on, and you got deer running around. You and I was laying in a hammock, and the food was amazing. I was just like so energized, and you know, people might not get that. And I can't wait to do another one. And it's okay. I don't need people to get me. I want to work with people that want to go on this deep, deep journey and want to feel fully alive. And I would guarantee that most men do not feel. Fully alive, right? So the journey that I'm on is amazing. Like, I was in the pharmaceutical industry for 17 years. I was making six figures. I was, I was, I was like making lots of money, but I was suffering. I was in quiet desperation. Um, I'm in the process of selling as many things as I can to fit, you know, I'm trying to get all my possessions as best I can into Subaru Outback, and I'm going to travel. And materialism just doesn't do it for me. Give me a couple sweet bikes and my golf clubs that's you on know, some clothes at my computer where I can work anywhere in the world. I'm good. If you would have told me five years ago that I'd be living in a one-bedroom apartment and just be like, Man, this place is huge. I don't need this much space. I don't need this much stuff. I'd be like, you're crazy. Now it's like, okay. I'm going to downsize into getting all my stuff into Subaru Outback and I'm going to travel across the country and go into places that I've never been I'm like, no, that's not me, but that's, that's what I'm doing. And you don't need to get that. But what I hear is, I wish I could do that. You know, when I quit the pharmaceutical industry, which not many people do, it's a very lucrative industry. You know, the first thing people would say, man. I wish I could do that. And I'm like, well, you can. (laughs) And now that I'm telling people I'm going to be a digital nomad, like, man, I really wish I could do that. And I'm like, well, you can, (laughs) you know, so I'm showing what's possible. So I don't know if people get me or not. I don't know.
0: Mm. It's always interesting or, you know, reflection of how Mm. others see, but as you said, it also doesn't matter.
1: Uh, it's, it's taken me a long place to get to that point where, you know, I, I so desperate, desperately needed people to get me. And, and if they didn't, I tried to explain myself, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if you're if, if your personality type, my personality type is 0. 0.5 to 1%. Of the population and then throw the HSP on there and, and throw the mail on there. Maybe not many people are going to get me. Um, and that's okay. I think th- the message is to be true to ourselves and not having to have people get me and being okay with that <laughs> and not have to explain myself is really showing up in our power. And, you know, I've lived my whole life trying to, again, to get people to get me. And therefore, I've tried to um, morph into somebody that I'm not. And that's where, that's where suffering comes into play. I don't want to suffer anymore, you know. And I, I know there's like-minded men out there, and I work with them. I work with men that, that are willing to go deep. And some of the conversations that we get into, like my best friend, he's wired just like me. And the conversations that we have are deep um you know i've you know i've gone i recently went to a men's retreat and i see men you know they they, they want to be vulnerable they just don't feel safe doing it and there's not a safe place to do it and that's the, that's the environment that i want to create i want to create a community of spiritual warriors that um i think want to go deep um, the stories that I've heard from, from men when I, I led this uh, called Spiritual Warriors Unite at the gym I used to work out of, the stories that I heard, the vulnerability that I heard was just amazing. And I, I've seen the tender side of men. Um, so it's, it's in all of us. I believe it's in all of us. We just have to kind of relearn how to, how to bring it out and know that it'll be okay, that you're not going to be judged for, for who you are and sharing your tender side
0: earlier on back a bit you 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 talked about your shadow can you you describe
1: that to us yeah well we all have a shadow side (laughs) we all have a side that um you know we don't necessarily like or maybe that we have carried some shame around um so you know like my my battle with codependency you know that's kind of my dark side um Having to be in relationship with another woman um, to feel good about myself, you know, that's the, the shadow side, um, the, the, the hypercriticalness of myself, the the physical self abuse, the emotional self abuse. That's all the shadow side. All these these things that I've I've stuffed down, um, and even you know, even um, that 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 introvert side you know, like I've carrying shame around that. Like, why, why do you, why do I need so much, so much alone time? Right. Why can't you say yes to going to a last minute, um, social outing? You know, why do I need to know two weeks in advance? Right. So I can prepare for it, you know? So it's like, you know, questioning that, you know, and it's like, God, what, what is wrong with me? Why can't I just go with the flow? Why can't I just be lighthearted? Why can't I just be free and just, you know, just be the life of the party? And I'm like, and I take a step back and I'm like, it's just not how God created me, you know? And I I set up my life where I work with clients three days a week. And then I have four days a week to, to do my podcast, to, to write to meditate, to go on my bike rides um, for time alone. Um, And that works for me. That's the lifestyle that it really works for me. Um, So that shadow side is that side where, you know, we've kind of, we're a little bit ashamed and embarrassed of the choices that we made. And also, you know, some of the ways that we're, we're created and I'm learning like, no, God created me exactly how i'm supposed to be and the things that i'm embarrassed of or ashamed of are actually superpowers and i'm learning to use these superpowers and these they aren't actually the dark side you know the introvert the highly sensitive you know the these are actually superpowers and i get to step into that and uh, that's pretty amazing
0: Yeah. It's, it's the fact that you get to, you have the opportunity to, I mean, how powerful is that? It's choice, right?
1: It's choice. Yeah. I mean, I I talk about, we have the default life, the life that's just going to happen to us, which I I lived the default life for a long time. And then we get to choose the created life. What life do I want to co-create with God? Because I do believe it's a co-creation. All right. I'm being shown what my work is. And, uh, you know, living the do- default life is kind of the, the status quo. It's kind of like, um, you know, I'm just going to go through the motions. I'm going to check the box. I check the box in pharmaceutical sales. Um, I'm, I got to go see this doctor. I got to go see this doctor. I got to go see this doctor. OK, I'm done. Now I get to go live my life right now. I'm living my life. Every single day. Like, I have no clue what day it is most of the time. Like, thank goodness I have a calendar. Like, every day is Friday for me, you know, and that's the life that I've created for myself. And it, you know, it, it was a process that took time. Um, but then, you know, I used to dread Monday. So, like, Sunday night, it would just be, oh my God, you know, just this depression, you know, this smoldering discontent, this quiet desperation. Like, Sundays are, you know, I love Sundays, I love Mondays, right? Because Mondays are a day of just just creativity and I get to create, I get to write, I get to, you know, you know, um meditate, I get to go for bike rides, and it's just amazing. And then I get to bring my best self on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays with my clients. Like I have so much energy. And I know if I did that five days a week, which I've done um, I'm not going to show up as my best self. And, you know, even, you know, I was tra- I was working with early morning clients and I, I stopped doing that. Like now I get to go to bed when I'm tired and I get to wake up when, I, when I'm rested outside of when I do a, a podcast, right? So I'm in my natural circadian rhythm and how many people actually live in our natural circadian rhythm. I don't have to set an alarm unless I'm doing some adventure or I have like something special like this. And I'm like, wow, I'm actually rested. I actually feel alive. And for a lot of my life, I've just struggled with you know, fatigue and not getting enough sleep. And you know, here I'm talking about living a healthy lifestyle and I'm exhausted. Um, so again, we get to choose. We get to create. Um, and I think the, you know, the biggest chance we take on ourselves is getting out of that safety and comfort and taking a chance on ourselves to live the life that makes us feel fully alive. And most people don't do that.
0: It's, gosh, just reflecting there, you know, and it's, as you say, in, in the corporate world or the JOB, you know, it is that the, the <laughs> deadly drug of okayism yeah you know it's yeah. it's well, how's yeah. life yeah good it's like god yeah. really <laughs> it's, yeah. it's good is that what we're aspiring to is that it you know it's uh it's it's on reflection i think once you've come through and i don't know i kind of have a view that listen it's probably in my view less than 20 percent of the population actually get to experience it yeah. unfortunately i i just think that's just the way that it goes right uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it's a small percentage of people that are really feeling fully alive and it Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be that way. And, you know, I look back, uh, you know, my career, you know, multiple careers, but, you know, the last four years I've been an entrepreneur, you know, I, I, I left a six figure job to go on this adventure and, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's evolved. And I, I, I'm like, I can't imagine doing anything other than what I'm doing and I'm grateful for all the experiences that I had. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I worked at one of the largest, uh, most prestigious health clubs in, in the country, and it was a great experience, but I knew that wasn't for me. I was in pharmaceutical sales for 17 years and I, I learned a lot, beautiful people in this industry. I mean, I, I did uh, infectious disease, so um, you know, helping with uh, hepatitis C and HIV. And I know I helped save people's lives, which was great. But it was also outside my my true nature. And to take that chance to give up the company car, the four hundred and one k, the pension, the health insurance, the the six figures, um, you know, it, it takes it takes a lot. And I would not trade. I wouldn't go back to that for anything because I have freedom. I have freedom to be me. So I call it radically free to be me. I am in my true nature doing what I meant, meant to do. I was not in my true nature in pharmaceutical sales. Um, you know, I was, I got great at it. Because I, I, you know I'm a great listener, but I was overwhelmed whenever we went to pharmaceutical meetings, like sometimes 4,000 people in a meeting and walking into a room where there was hundreds of conversations, just like it freaked me out. Um, I was exhausted at the end of the meetings, and it was outside of my nature. Now I work from home. Um, you know, I have tons of time freedom. And I think that you, know, time freedom for me, Is a beautiful thing. And I'm working on financial freedom and I believe in abundance. And I believe, you know, I will make the money that I did in pharmaceutical sales doing what I love. And I don't need a lot of money, but the more people I serve, the more money I make and the more I can give back. And uh, so I believe in abundance, Um, time abundance, financial abundance, and doing what I, I love. And I love seeing men's lives transform. I love to see men, you know, change their job, (laughs) get out of the J-O-B and uh, then see like, wow, see what's possible. And then they're like, wow, you know, my only regret is I wish I would have done it sooner, you know, but it it takes courage and it also takes reaching out to somebody. You know, I wouldn't be where I'm at um, if I didn't have a coach. If I didn't have somebody that would really be um, helping me to take these steps, to ask the hard questions, to listen to me, um, I just simply wouldn't be here. And it, I'm just grateful for, for my coach and the journey that I've been on and, and that we've, we've shared together. And, you know, most men try to figure this out on their own. Don't do it. Reach out for help. Um, whoever it is you know it's really important
0: it's a core value for most right I mean it is love and connection I mean and that connection is where you know for yourself you know the barbells and brothers it's it's kind yeah. of going guys let's talk you know let's connect let's yeah. you know let's you know you can talk anything from the, the good the glorious to the the downright vulnerable right you know it's it's a whole lot
1: Yeah. I mean, it's about community, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't, you know, from my experience, most men, aren't willing to reach out, you know, there's this fear that they're going to be judged and then isolation. And I've certainly been one to isolate myself. Like I give, you know, I've given the world the stiff arm, right? Uh, don't talk to me. And that's because I wasn't healthy. That's because I wasn't whole. That's because I was trying to conserve energy because I didn't have that much energy to give, but yeah, you're right. It is about, it is about community. It is about relationships and just, you know, hiking a 14 er with two other guys, it would not have been the same experience if we weren't doing this together and to get to the top of a a 14 or, you know, 14,265 feet that we're going through this process together. That was quite honestly (laughs) a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And we encouraged each other and we just like checked in, Hey, how you doing? How you feeling? And yeah, you know, I'm really tired. Or look at that view. That's amazing. And we are meant to do life in community. And without that, we are going to be kind of stuck. We're going to be unfulfilled and we all need at least one other brother to go through life together. And most men don't have that. and It's really one of the the battles of men today is isolation. So my vision is to create this community that's global of spiritual warriors um, that are willing, again, to go on this this introspective journey for a transcendent cause greater than ourselves. And then we get to show up simply being ourselves. And most men have very similar battles. And it's like, yeah. Me too. I struggle with that too. I thought I was the only one, you know, let's, let's talk about it.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's normalizing it, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And yeah, then you of the head and going, God, I'm not alone
1: here. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's healing. It's healing. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, men again, suffer in in shame. You know, there's a lot of pornography addiction. Um, There's a lot of uh, workaholism, you know, there's alcoholism, you know, there's, there's you know, struggle with you know, physical health. There's just so many battles that, that men go through. And if we're just trying to figure this out on our own, it's just really challenging. So a coach, a therapist, um, a loving friend that's non-judgmental, just reach out. Just reach out and just say, hey man, I'm, I'm struggling with this. And more than likely, whoever you reach out to is like, hey, man, I'm struggling, too. I'm glad you I'm glad you reached out to me or, you know, again, a therapist or a coach, you know, just a listening ear. Just listening is healing, you know, just having somebody to listen to you, you know, going back to one of the first things I had said is just we want to be seen, known and heard for who we are. It's really that simple.
0: So true. If you were to try and describe your fire in the belly in one or two words, what, mm. what would they be, Troy?
1: Radical freedom.
0: Wow. Well, that's definitely a first and it's powerful. Really
1: powerful. Yeah. Radical freedom. And that's. The, I think we all get to choose that. And I think when we're radically free, we have fire in the belly. Mm. And that's when we show up powerfully. But yeah, it's uh, just, I've been exploring what does freedom mean and what does freedom to mean, mean to me? And it means radically free to be me, mm. you know, and, you know, back to do people get me. And that's not, that's not up for me. I, that's out of my control. Mm. And learning to, um, you know, my, my journey is my journey. Your journey is your journey and it's okay. And um, quite honestly, I don't need anybody to get me, but I do need me to be radically free, radical freedom. And that's when we get the joy. That's when we get the peace. That's when we live a life of passion. And that's when we live life fully alive. And I want that for. Everybody, and that's when we change the world when everybody shows up with fire in the belly, radically free to be themselves, to serve at a high level.
0: Wow, tell me where can people learn more, hear more, track you down, hunt you down, stalk you? Any of the above?
1: <laughs> yeah, um, so barbellsandbrothers.com is one way to find out. I have a uh, membership site that you can join. You get a two-week trial to give it a shot. It's hot, it's up, it's a. it's a. Uh, it's, uh, it's integrating faith and fitness. So it's really, um, give. you know, do a daily devotional. I do a workout of the week. I have a, a forum where we can really kind of share our hearts. So, um, you know, check that out. So barbellsandbrothers.com. com. Um, you can also Troy just a little bit more about me, my bio, my coaching, one-on-one coaching, um, you know, helping men get out of their comfort zone. Um, you know, I, I love to challenge men to do a big uh, physical challenge and to, to not really accomplish the physical challenge, but to to really grow spiritually. So I'd love to bring that in as part of the coaching. Uh, so, uh, and then also social media is, you know, just look for Troy Ismir, uh, that's I S M I R that's on Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, you know, I'm still trying to figure out the whole social media, uh, thing. Um, yeah. And then podcasts is barbells and brothers and just all kinds of different, different topics.
0: love it. Love it. So tell us what, what final message would you like to leave with the listeners?
1: Yeah. Um, just, you know, I think take that chance. Take that chance on yourself. Um, get a little bit out of your comfort zone. And, um, you know, if you're not feeling fully alive in whatever area that is, you know, uh, you might feel fully alive in one area, you might not feel fully alive in another area, but by all means, um, start to take a chance on yourself. And, and maybe the biggest chance you take is to start to do the deep inner work. Um, I think that's a great place to start. Start to do the deep inner work. Find somebody that you can go through this process with, and then start to take that risk. Just get out of that comfort zone. Reach out to Mighty Pete from Fire in the Belly, <laughs> and be on his podcast like I did, and to share. Um, you know that was out of my comfort zone. You know. Um, so whatever it is for you, um, and just we are meant to be happy in this life we're meant to be joyful and if you're not joyful if you're not full of energy if you're not full of passionate um in your life that is possible so start to to find that and find that deep 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 inside yourself
0: wow so so powerful oh i love it i love it Troy, it's been absolutely awesome having you on. Thank you so much. And uh, I have a funny feeling we will talk again, but (laughs) thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you, Pete. I honor you. I honor your journey. And I honor, you know, you bringing this podcast to light the fire in the belly because I think it's truly transformational. I know what you do is not easy, but for you to show up powerfully and asking those great questions, I honor your journey. So thank you, sir.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Troy. It's a pleasure. Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. You know, this really wouldn't be possible without our great guests taking the time to share their personal journeys. And by the way, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that the people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly and be the mightiest version of you.